today on the Nerdy Gritty, we discuss two big lawsuits in the gaming world. What more world is the beers inside it? Just another hopeless addict. What they make a man instead. If the drums don't get you, the guitars will. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nerdy Gritty, where we delve deep into the detail of pop culture. I am Dez, and I am not getting sued, thankfully. I'm Fox, and I am. <laughs> womp womp. I can't talk about it, though. Uh, the fantastic Mr. Fox has finally come after you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, uh, what's his name? What's the director of Fantastic Mr. Fox? Dang That's, it. uh, Wes Anderson, right? Wes Anderson, yeah. yeah. He's, he's pissed. Yeah, he's so mad. He's How very dare upset. You? I'm taking away a lot of money from the sales. <laughs> Of that movie. <laughs> oh, man. Which is kind of stuff we'll get into later, but okay. Right, 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 right. right, right. Uh, well, okay. you know, it was Labor Day uh, recently. Yeah. And Labor Day every year is the, the weekend in which PAX West takes place, you know? And uh, like usual, we definitely went this year. Absolutely, we, we went. Absolutely went to PAX West this year. Right. And we here's how, here's, here's we're proof. able to go. It took place in Seattle. Yep. How would I, I, I how would I know that if I wasn't there? Uh so, there were there were video games there. They had video I games. Um and other kinds of games as well. Right. That we definitely right. saw and played and enjoyed. Absolutely. And so, so for further proof, we're gonna talk about some of those games that we definitely, definitely played. Also that also exist. So no matter what <laughs> they, you see on the internet, they also exist. Yeah, there was yeah, you might not see them like on on like news sites. There was like some and you know, DNR or not DNR, but uh uh some, you know what's what's the word I'm looking for where they, they we had to sign a contract. NDA. NDA. Yeah, we, yeah. we couldn't discuss We didn't sign it. We ran out before we could had to sign the right. contract. So we're the right. ones. So we get to talk about it. But you won't yeah, find it anywhere else. Anywhere ex- else. Big exclusive here. They definitely exist. So uh, Fox, what what was one of the games that you played? You know, I, I really like going and seeing all the new board games that, that they that they mm. play. They have whole mm. rooms full of board games and new you know, and developers and stuff that and you know, there's this new one that's coming out and I'm super pumped for it. It's called The Gauntlet. So okay. you start, you oh, start yeah. the, you know, the board game. Yeah, you remember this one. The board mm-hmm. game looks like, you know, any kind of like, I don't know, it reminded me of like Jumanji, which is like, or like life or something right, with like right. the, you know, the path that you Pieces take around in it. the path, right. But the thing about the gauntlet is every single space on the path is another board game. <laughs> so once you start, if you, whatever space you land on, you then have to stop play an entire game of that board game that you landed right, on right and whoever wins gets one victory point and now i if i remember correctly because yeah. there were a ton of spaces and one of the spaces is the gauntlet yes and it's that yes. thing where like it, it actually it's a kind of like a meta thing where it's the game within itself right right well of course yeah, yeah. no there's 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 hundreds of spaces on this thing um, I'm super pumped, you know, it just, you know, it's going to get me to play a lot more board games that I've never played before. Right, um, right. We played it once. In fact, everything else we're going to talk about, we literally just saw from a distance because we played this game and that was the only thing we had time to do the entire right. time we were there. The benefit so, of it, though, was that a lot of the <clears throat> games that we played, even video games, yeah. were spaces that we landed on right, right, playing right. the gauntlet. Right. They somehow so, had, they had a space that said, play the demo for 
X game that's at PAX West 2022. Somehow right, they right. knew about it already. It's impressive. So everybody look out for the gauntlet. It's coming up. It's coming up soon. It's going to be really great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I was really excited for some of the IP crossovers that, um, mm, yeah, I, I like cause, real hot these days. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So when I saw uh, God of War, Percy Jackson, mm-hmm. I, was, I thought that was the greatest in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, because obviously at some point he's yeah. killed uh, the entire Greek pantheon. Right. You right, know, right, right. And so he's got to go after the demigods now. Sure, sure. And that's what sure. it is. So, so it, it was just really surprising to me that you got to play as Kratos murdering a bunch of teenagers oh it was i mean it really worked with the story though right exactly you you could see like all of his frustration with his terrible teenage son coming out there where he's like i'm not gonna kill my own son but i'm gonna find people that look just like him and so it's 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 exactly like that yeah yeah it's a atreus starts hanging out with the percy jackson crew Mm -hmm, and then he comes mm -hmm. home and he's just he like snarks a little bit and he's just kind of like whatever dad i'm gonna go hang out with my friends and kratos is just done with it and he's never been really good at grounding atreus and so he just right right he doesn't really know how to do the parenting he does know how to murder teenagers though yeah absolutely absolutely So, so he does what comes best it was kind of a tough play in, in that sort of Last of Us, like, tough-to-play style, but it was still, at the same time, it had some good things to say about Ooh. parenting and yeah. being a teenager. 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You can, you can learn from his mistakes, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I'm really excited for? Capcom actually was there, of course. Right, um, right, right. And they uh, they have, uh, I mean, they we just saw, actually, in a, an announcement of Street Fighter, no, uh yeah, Street Fighter Eight, I think, or Street Fighter, whatever the new Street Fighter is, seven, right, maybe? right. But they also uh, announced at PAX West, like super stealth game that came out. Like this was the first. It's called Literal Street Fighter, <laughs> and you play as all of the Street Fighter people. Like this, you know, huge, right. huge roster, and you fight anthropomorphic anthropomorphized versions of very famous streets in the world. <laughs> That's the not the way I was expecting it to go. Well, no, I mean, there's that. When I was also, in line, like, there I are saw also that, right, times but... when there are also times when you just punch the ground. You go stand on Abbey Road and you just punch the ground really hard. But when I, when I saw the name Literal Street Fighter, I thought that they were going to send us in the back where there was a street and we had to mm. fight each other. Go, go outside and just fight each other. Right, right. So I was, I was thankful. The the road. I was thankful that it was the anthropomorphized streets. Right. Yeah. No, they, that was part of the, I mean, I remember them talking about like that, that thing you were talking about was part of like the development process, but they got, they got too many, too much blood on their hands and <laughs> they just couldn't go for it. So it's still Literally. a video game, but you're going to punch Abbey road. You're going to punch Rodeo drive. You're going to punch all, you know, Broadway. That's going to be a good one. I'm really excited to punch Broadway right right in its stupid theatrical face. Uh, right, yeah, right. I'm, I'm pumped for literal Street Fighter <laughs> coming 2023. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I thought it was really, really interesting to see the uh, the future acquisitions that Disney is gaining and sort of what they're going oh, sure, with. Sure, everything, like that. Yeah. Of course, you know, so uh, obviously what we just found out this year was that Disney had acquired Sony. Mm-hmm. And so now that has them work together for the Kingdom Hearts franchise really nicely. Mm-hmm. But seeing Sora in the world of Venom and Morbius was just really strange, you know. <sighs> you know, strange, but I feel, I feel like it worked. I don't know. Like the, the whole, you know, seeing Sora go and and watch Venom consume a man whole, 
Like it's just found it kind of out, kind of felt out of character. And then like while yeah. Venom like while Venom is snapping on the bones of a human being, Sora trying to teach him about friendship. Like it just like the the theme yes. seemed a little offsides there, you know. Well, it's it is really what Eddie Brock and Venom need is to figure out the light and the dark in their mm, hearts. That's a good point. That's and fair. And I think what I think what we're learning actually is it's been confirmed that Venom is uh Eddie Brock's like heartless. Oh, okay. You know what? I, I actually really like that in real life. <laughs> What do you mean in real life? This is this is the this is the actual. I thing meant like that... in the comics is what I mean. Like if they right, did that, right, if they right. really did that, not just in Kingdom Hearts. What I thought was really cool though was the way that the light of Sora's heart entirely obliterated Morbius. Like, well, no, sunlight never got him. But I was the a light... big fan. Of, I was a big fan of that too. <laughs> but the light, I think everybody just, is, just turned him to ash, and he looked directly into the camera and screamed, "Guess I'm never coming back." Yeah, this is officially my death. The IP has been destroyed. <laughs> it was, it was weird, but I was happy to see it. I was happy to see it. You know, uh, something else I was really excited for. I play a lot of like mobile games. I'll, I'll you know, I'll get a, you know. It's, it's really a bad habit. I'll have like 10 minutes and be like, you know what? I'll find another, you know, idle mobile game that I can ch- check out and see if I like it. And, you know, so I play those a lot. And I was really excited actually to see that uh, Final Fantasy, they've got a bunch of mobile games, but right, they've got right. this new one coming out. It's called Final Fantasy Unrepentant Greed Type X. Oh, weird, weird. I mean, they have a lot of weird, you know, they have, they have Brave <laughs> Exvius. They have all kinds of weird titles on right, right, Final Fantasy, right. but I was playing it. And so you open the game up, like in the demo, they showed us, you open the game up and it's just a number, like a number I, I on feel, the screen. I feel like your game is an entire clone of my game that I was going to bring up next, but you well, maybe, go ahead. Maybe there's a, maybe there's like a crossover or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I th- for, yeah. for my Diablo game that I was going to bring up next. Well, this, this, one, this one, you just see a number on the screen. It just starts at zero. Right. And right. It just starts going up. Yeah. And it's super, pu- it's super fun to watch that number go up. Like right. I really, I get really satisfied to see it get bigger and bigger, but then it just stops. And then it says, would you like it to keep going up? <laughs> and then you say, yes. And it says $1, please. And then you give it a dollar and the number keeps going up. And I just figured like, you know, a lot of games get really complicated, huge right. maps filled with all kinds of stuff to do. And like, I really like the minimalist, just Final Fantasy is just out here saying, look, we know what you want. We know what we want. Let's stop messing around. Just give us your money. We'll give you the big numbers. It's it's real simple. Let's well, it's, just it's give an, me your wallet, punk. It's entirely accessible. You know, like there's a lot of right. talk about accessibility in games yes. these days, and this yes. one was 100% accessible. It was super easy to read. I didn't have to like, you know, all the controls. It was a simple touch interface. I actually really appreciated the style they were going for there. So, I'm really really looking forward to uh to to getting that number really high and while it, my bank account account gets really low. It reminded me of the new Diablo mobile game that yeah, I, that I yeah. played, right? Yeah, which is a tapper game. Like, it was one that uh, we didn't expect for, like, the, the clicker or the tapper game that you get these days to for Diablo to do that. But it was just this thing where every time you tapped the screen, your character got experience. And mm-hmm. every level, mm-hmm. they got stronger. Now, you never yeah. really fought anything, but then you could pay, you know, $5 to every click doubles it's twice as much, you know, right? And right. just different yeah, ways that, was that cool. they kind of started monetizing it. It really made sense for you know seeing that level get higher. I just yes. hope that they eventually plan so- something to do with that character. But for now, yeah. it was really it was kind I of can, like an interactivity. You know yeah. Look, if that 
look, Blizzard, they're pretty good at making games. So it's I true. I'm going to have to, you know, I can't wait to see my favorite YouTuber or my favorite Twitch streamer put in $500,000 into this. <laughs> right. And exactly. Just, and just, you see, like, I'm really excited to see the light drain from their eyes and their soul just, just, just leave their just body. Just go down into the sewers <laughs> and just recognize what they have done. And, you know, right. that's actually going to be really exciting to see. I'm it really will. pumped. You know, it usually yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Well, so those are those are our top highlights from PAX uh, 2022 that we right. definitely went to this we year. We definitely went and saw them. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. great. So. They're, gonna, they're coming out soon. Fox, what else is going on in the world of news, my friend? Well, <laughs> GameStop. Is, oh, no. That, are, that already <laughs> just sets the tone for what's going to happen Hey, GameStop is in the news. It's terrible. Let's move oh, on. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, GameStop has... There's been a whole meme stock thing where, you know, people are literally just artificially inflating the GameStop stock for no real reason, uh, which is fine. Whatever. Who cares? It's all it's all nothing. I mean, whatever. Uh, what's not also not new is that GameStop doesn't can, doesn't really treat their employees super well. There's a whole Reddit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a whole Reddit. Yeah, you would know. There's yeah. a whole Reddit dedicated to literally just GameStop employees complaining it's uh power to the profits and it's uh it's it's real hard to read through because <laughs> it's just it's like rough. this this feels terrible well last month GameStop announced new stock bonuses for store managers and hourly raises for other employees good news right yeah nah most people who are getting raises getting 50 cents oh what <laughs> Hey, every hour you'll be able to play a video game, an arcade game. Yeah, you like, can go play one, one game round of, of your arcade of, of Tekken <laughs> at your local arcade. In fact, you can just play the Tekken uh, uh, cabinet we put in your store. So that money that, comes right back to us. This, like, to me, there's a starving person, and you have all the food, and then you make a new, like, a, a, a press release saying, "Hey." I'm giving him the crust of bread. Like, everybody gather <laughs> around and watch me give him the crust of my bread. <laughs> yeah, 50 cents was also not, like, there was a good chunk of people that got 50 cents. It's not the, it's not the lowest. Some people are getting less. Uh, now, would you like to uh, know how much the CEO of GameStop made last year? No, but tell me anyway. <laughs> Sixteen point eight million dollars. Oh my gosh! Uh. <laughs> this seems like a like. It's just, I don't know. It, it, clearly, they haven't had enough like bad press. Maybe, maybe, maybe the higher ups at GameStop have like a real like masochistic kind of kind of side where they're just like, yes, hum- humiliate me. This just, I, I mean, it seems so out of touch. That there were people in the boardroom that said, "Okay, we've got a bad face right now. We got to do something good. Let's give raises, stock options. Sound good? Yeah, cool. Announce it. Yeah." And then, without even thinking of themselves, it's the most meager, like yeah. useless piddlings in the world. Which, by the way, I when I got promoted, just before I got promoted, it was there was supposed to be four managers. Uh, stock options and health benefits and all this other stuff. But just before I got promoted, like a few months, 
uh, we acquired EB Games, and since they doubled their workforce, uh, mm. they took away all benefits to managers. And Wait, we have to help more people now? Never mind. Right. And I was like, no! Oh, that's so, terrible. Like it, but all that to say, it took them nearly twenty years to give that back. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, anyway, don't go to GameStop. Yeah, um, don't don't buy things from GameStop, guys. Yeah. Hey, yeah, wh- I have better news. Okay, great. That's good to hear. Yeah, you know how sometimes when you're gaming, you just feel like you're, you're crushing it. You're doing really, oh, really all well. the time, bro. Yeah, you just feel like just, you just feel just... like. You're on fire, right? I'm just a pro gamer, twenty four seven. Yeah, feel feel like you're on fire, you know. Yeah. All what the if time. what if that were literal? I don't. What if what, what if what if uh, you were playing a video game and you were struck by lightning and your arm set on fire? <laughs> hey, what? How are you? UK man struck by lightning while playing video game at home. So at home <laughs> at home. So here's a, a guy here. Uh, Aiden Rowan is his name. He's playing his PlayStation, right? And he's sitting there and he hears massive thunder, can't see anything. When his vision and things come back, he kind of like stumbles up the stairs because he feels like his arm is hot and he wants to ask his husband to get him a wet towel. (laughs) And his husband is like, what was that? What just happened? Oh, your arm hair is all singed. We need to take you to the hospital. So he so, did, he got struck by lightning and didn't actually realize what had happened. He had well because he was all befuddled. Like the whole thing uh, just shook him. Sure, just shook him. His, his so, brain got scrambled. Here's the wild thing. Here's what the the the, the weather science men are saying happened. That the wet street. Let's see. What was the exact quote here? I'm sorry. I'm looking for it. Um, the wet street acted as something for the lightning to bounce off of what and go into his home and strike him (laughs) zeus was looking for him (laughs) this dude must have done something yeah um he he put on his instagram uh, thing here i was struck by lightning through the open window that okay (laughs) I don't know a lot about weather or, you know, lightning science. I'm not a lightningologist, but that sounds like he did something really stupid and needed to cover it up by saying lightning came in through my window. It wasn't that he, like, you know, accidentally microwaved a, you know, tin can or something. It's Here that it light- lightning it. came for me through my window. He stated that the doctors thought that lightning, quote, bounced off the water and through the window, unquote, because of the hot weather's effect on the ground's roughness, which caused hmm. the rainfall to collect on top. So, yeah, that sounds like bullcrap. <laughs> he's, he's like, doctors, I definitely did not put this, uh, this, this paperclip into the sockets. <laughs> lightning came through my window while I was playing PlayStation. So... Yeah, it's... Can I sue PlayStation? Is that can the I sue PlayStation? I just I, in my brain, I'm thinking, can you imagine game like being the guy on the other side of that, and just all of a sudden hearing, "Oh my arm! I'm on fire!" <laughs> 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 oh, 
Now, what did, do, does it do, does it tell you what game he was playing? No, I wanted to know, but it didn't say. Uh, I wish he was like fighting Raiden in in Mortal Kombat or something, <laughs> or Zeus in God of War Just three. Be or the most like appro- be the most appropriate. Like, whoa, is this? Am I in VR and didn't know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh man. <clears throat> well, Fox, what have you been up to? Uh, I think we probably both watched. Uh, we haven't talked about it. Only Murders in the Building season two. Yeah, yeah. Finished a couple weeks ago, but we haven't talked about it. Um, it's it's pretty good. It's very good. I love yeah. it. I mean, it, it's more of the same. Uh, there was a bigger twist in this one. Sure. Yeah, and so uh, maybe not bigger. It's still I, it's I very twisty. It's very yeah. twisty. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I. I loved it. I love Steve Martin and Martin Short, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love that Selena Gomez keeps up with them. And the yeah, show... all three of them. They are definitely the core of the show, and I would say that this one was, a little, like, second season was a little less focused. <clears throat> it right. tried to go more directions with, with all the characters and introduce some... And those are all good. I think it just kind of went a little wider than it had before. Um, I, I think they do that for two reasons. Number one, if they're going to keep making seasons, they need to pull more characters in, so they need to establish... Sure. I, I would hope that the next all, season is the last one. And then I think, second, I think all, this could be a short, short show. Yeah, I, I, I hope so because if these three people keep encountering a murder of some sort, that's going to be like, all right, what's happening? It's like Liam Neeson and Taken. Like exactly. I think at a certain point, Liam, it's your, you're the, you're the problem. <laughs> but uh, second of all, if they only focus on one side character, it really just makes you think that one side character is going to sure. be the villain. So yeah, they yeah, kind of, yeah. they got to kind of like sparse it out and whatnot. So yeah, no, it's yeah. So it was fun. Like a, again, it was a little disappointing. I like a, in a good murder mystery. I like when you're able to figure it out on your own. And this might have, I don't, I don't really understand. I don't know if this was possible here, which isn't to say it's a bad show because of it. It just, I'd, I'd like to be able to say, you know, Oh, I figured it out way early and, you know, was right. And I had <laughs> I had some guesses that I was kind of right on and stuff, which it, so it kept me engaged for sure. But yeah, I, I think it's just going wider makes it a little less focused than it yeah, than the first season fair. was. Mm-hmm. But other, mm-hmm. otherwise, really great. Yeah. Uh, I watched Pinocchio, the new Disney Plus movie. It I, was cool. It was um, I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> it was. Here's my frustration with the Disney Plus remakes or the Disney remakes, live action remakes in general. It was like a near shot for shot remake, mm. and th- there was some changes here and there, um, minor things. They did a lot of like cameo type things, like Tom Hanks was Geppetto, and the guy who played um, who played uh, Gaston in the live action was uh, the, oh, yeah. the with the the host of Pleasure Island and things like that, but. Overall, it was just, it was a bland movie that felt like it was written in the 1940s or whatever, because it was. And yeah, so... Was was the Pinocchio an actual wooden puppet at all, or was it not just... A, no, it was CG. Man, what a weird... I mean, I know there was the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio that came out recently also, which yeah. I'm sure he went all in on that kind of stuff, but... <laughs> Yeah, it just feels weird to make the same movie again. I will say they did add one character who was super cool. Um, there was a uh, a woman who she was one of the puppeteers in the the puppet guy who kidnaps Pinocchio. The, okay. the puppeteer kidnaps Pinocchio. She's one of his puppeteers, and 
it, it was they try to draw a parallel to her with what was going on with Pinocchio. She was uh, handicapped. Uh, she had like a, an injured leg, but it was her trying to like get beyond this thing that that most people consider a handicap and fully realize her talents and abilities despite the handicap. And so it was kind of like, you know, Pinocchio realizing he is a real boy or whatever. Sure. Like, yeah, they yeah, did yeah, some yeah. good parallels there. And she was a great character, acted really, really well. Uh, totally new, totally added, not in the original at all. But she is about, you know, 10%, 5% even of the film itself, That which is the rest is the, the same thing over again. So uh, Tom Hanks is not great in it which is does he do a goofy accent no sometimes remember uh did you ever watch the departed and uh and jack nicholson literally watched departed last week isn't that the one with jack nicholson who kind of did a uh an irish accent or is that a different one i think i don't know i wasn't a huge i'm not a huge fan of the departed but they all have accents but yeah so there's uh all that to say that like Sometimes you think he is trying to do an Italian accent, mm, and mm. other times he's absolutely not. <laughs> he really felt like he was phoning it in, which for one of the greatest actors of our generation, that's weird. But yeah, yeah Tom Hanks was not great in it, and uh, altogether it was just a... You can see why it went straight to Disney+, Plus. that's for sure. Sure. Weird, yeah. weird choice there from Disney to yeah. just make the same movie again. Interesting. Um, I went and saw 3,000 Years of Longing. I think oh, I, I don't yeah. think I've talked about this yet. It, it, no. We're having more time in between episodes, so I, I was um, wondering about that. It's Tilda Swinton <laughs> and uh, uh, Idris Elba. The the basic idea, the basic premise is that uh, Tilda Swinton is a she's a narratologist, somebody who studies the art of writing stories, basically, and she's in some in Istanbul or something, mm-hmm. and goes to a trinket shop and just buys a a little like crystal bottle thing because it looks cool and it's got like this clearly was like burned at some point has like a little she's like oh cool it has some character on it she's like cleaning it and accidentally opens it and idris elba a a djinn comes out of it and offers her the classic you know three you know three wishes of your heart can't can't wish for more wishes all the classic you know djinn rules um and i'll say that the first half of the movie was really fun it actually it felt like a neil gaiman story that neil gaiman didn't write where it's kind of stories within stories and it I gets got into that same a very feel from just from the preview yeah it gets into a very like magical but also realistic kind of and everything's just blended together where it just feels like yeah this this is the world like it's not trying to say that this is all goofy magic like inclu- including like tilda swinton's just basically because a djinn shows up she's pretty much like okay yeah now this makes sense like i'm willing to accept this let's you know or at least i'll accept what you're saying right now whatever and then halfway through the movie it kind of dramatically shifts as far as the plot goes and it it would have been great but it felt like it kind of just petered out Hmm. it felt like the the ending of the show or of the movie didn't really feel like it lived up to what was premised where it just it didn't follow through and there are some of that is my expectation you know you have all these different stories because the the djinn basically talks about a bunch of you know he talks about the stories that he uh, other people that have released him from the bottle and just his his life with those people and what they were like and that kind of thing and it kind of it really felt like there was going to be some kind of 
through line there Mm -hmm. where it's like oh this all kind of like ties together in the end in some right. way like and cloud other than, atlas or whatever sure other than yeah. thematically it didn't really do that which obviously is my expectation but it really felt like it was trying to get you to believe that and the ending just kind of ended um hmm. it was it was it was disappointingly just like oh, okay it's over now and it just didn't really fully explore. I'm trying to obviously trying not to spoil things because I do think it was interesting enough to watch. Okay. But I do. But it it just it felt like it, it it introduced a premise about this Jin himself and didn't really give a lot of time for it to breathe, especially with the you know Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba's characters, right. like with their relationship. It, it felt like it could have been a little longer or a little less time dedicated to the beginning stories that he tells and more time to kind of flesh out the, the the ending so a little disappointing but still unique you know and and visually really fun really interesting i mean it's cla- like george miller uh you know f- uh mad max director right right and so it definitely felt like it had some of that that flair to it so like cool. i said interesting enough to watch but kind of disappointing. I, I, I think i will watch that if it's interesting enough to watch i'll try because i've been like seeing the previews i was like ah, maybe oh, we'll see so cool yeah um i've been watching season three of harley quinn uh it's on hbo max right now and it's a show that i've been following and enjoying for a while um it's good like this is something that i'm consistently surprised with on the harley quinn show and i don't know why i keep coming in with moderate expectations and keep being impressed when I should just expect it to be good. But all that to say, I, I keep walking into this expecting it to be kind of like a just South Park crude humor type thing. But because Harley Quinn is or was a psychiatrist, they constantly have her talking through feelings with people, talking through situations with people. Like a lot of times well beating people up with a baseball bat or whatever else. <laughs> but like they deal with a lot of interesting things in this season. Again, comedic ways, but they deal with trauma of past relationships, which is a consistent thing with them because of the Joker. But they deal with getting over your own previous abuse, like you being an abuser. The Joker now is like a, a married man with two uh like his two stepchildren or whatever, and what? he's the and he's the mayor. Like, and what? so yeah, it's wild. And like more than once, he's there and he's like trying to like be like, "Hey, that's the old me. I'm not doing that anymore." <laughs> and like again, they they do it with such comedy because it's the Joker and you want him to shoot somebody, but also it's authentic. Like it's they sure. do a really good job of addressing. That sounds, like that sounds wonderfully goofy. It's exactly that. That's the best way to put it. Or like a huge, huge thing in this is taking a look, like a genuine but comedic look at the actual ridiculous amount of mental health issues Batman has. And <laughs> like, and it really, really comes to a head at the end, which I won't, um, I won't spoil anything, but it's the, the show itself is fun. It's irrever- uh, irreverent, but also like it takes a real serious look at different types of mental health issues and different types of situations with mental health and addresses them really honestly and really well. And I, I'm always impressed with this show and it's, it's good, man. I really do enjoy this show. Okay. Uh, last thing I'll talk about is uh, I read a uh, graphic novel recently. Uh, it's Superman smashes the clan came out last year. Yeah. Um, 
and I, you know, I, I wasn't even looking for it, but it was just on the shelf at the library. And I was like, oh, I heard this is really good. And so essentially it is a, I would say meant, meant for like young adult or even younger audience. And it's an adaptation of a serial, like a radio serial from the 1940s in which like the main character, um, is a young girl from a Chinese immigrant family. Um, they're moving into metropolis into the into the city basically um and essentially it it kind of through her eyes they her family is attacked by the clan of the fiery cross they are you know clearly the ku klux klan right like, right like what i what i appreciated about the the book is it made it was not interested in metaphor it was not interested in like uh innuendo it was interested in hey this is the ku klux klan they're you know like they burn a cross in their front yard in the first issue they're not trying to be subtle here no 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 but at the same time that's it's not just hey look it's the ku klux klan they're the bad guys let's punch them it's also it also addresses like you know people who are very kind very nice to this family but also just you know microaggression type type things where like you know this this little girl this friend of the main character you know at one point says man i I, i've never really known you know chinese people but it like man what you just did you guys are really brave and the main character girl just says no i'm not (laughs) like i throw up a lot because i'm nervous yeah and also we are not anything yep that's the one I'm, we i was thinking of yeah are people <laughs> and like it just kind of addressed those things where uh, or like you know there's a character who says like yeah no I, I abhor the violence of the ku klux klan and obviously that is wrong and evil but what's the problem if you just want to be around people that look like you like i you know like just kind of that like okay let's just there's, there's a lot of addressing less than um super blatant obvious violent racism which was really really cool to see like it just unapologetically went for all of those kinds of attitudes um at the same time obviously it's superman smashes the clan he's a main character but it also like the other main story is him coming to terms with the fact that he he essentially learns that he's an alien in this story he just thought he like like he he basically repressed the memory it seems and there's like he's worried that people won't accept him even though he's sup- like obviously a superhero that's helping people if he's found out to not just be a super strong human he's basically saying uh, he, like he says like or they say like you're um he's worried that if people think you know oh it's okay if you're a human but you can jump really high or whatever like you know the original phrase was can leap a building in a in in a single bound and you know all that stuff and the main character at one point is just like after having some interactions with him is just like hey why don't you fly you can fly why don't you do that (laughs) and it's just like he's like you just learn that he's worried that he won't be accepted because he is also an immigrant interesting and it just like it they kind of parallel each other's stories where they are foreigners in this city and both have to come to terms with no this is who i am and yeah. it doesn't matter what other people think. So it is really great. Uh, I highly recommend picking it up. Awesome. 
Well, on a similar note, I think something that's really great that I highly recommend picking up, I just finished a book called Dungeons and Drawings. Okay. So Dungeons and Drawings is an illustrated compendium of creatures by uh, Blanca Martinez de uh, Ritueto and Joe Sparrow. Uh, it is a book where every page is a creature of lore, and they go through the lore of cultures all around the world. And then they'll like give a power rating to it, and then they give a paragraph of this is what this creature is, this is how it attacks, this is its danger, a paragraph of if you use it in a game, here's kind of the way it acts, here's kind of okay. what, and then a paragraph at the bottom of here's the actual historical context of this thing, here's the <laughs> way this culture celebrated it or feared it, Here, here's what was going on with this culture when this it was sort of created and how they think it came up with it. And then on the facing page of it, they're both artists, and it's their rendition of this creature. Oh, very so cool. Not only is it just jam-packed with beautiful original art, but it is lore-heavy as well as culture-honoring all throughout it. And so it was super cool to read, and everything from christian folklore to ancient abrahamic folklore to uh like eastern european and uh, you know asian and just like all over the place in folklore and whatnot so it was uh, you know uh, um middle central america mexicano just everything it was super super cool yeah that's gorgeous awesome. art and just uh, really really fascinating i loved it i really did cool yeah that sounds super cool i want to look at that yeah absolutely i'll let you borrow yeah. it i just finished it so all right well, well that's, that's all, what i got that's all, yeah same here Right on. Well, should we uh, get down to the, the nerdy gritty? Let's do it. So recently there have been a couple of lawsuits and suing and things like that. R- real big lawsuits. Yeah. Really, really big lawsuits. And although they are different in sort of what they're doing they do both involve large gaming companies uh one video game one tabletop gaming company and both have interesting things that i I think that we are worth discussing and so we're going to take these one at a time here and we're just going to talk about kind of what's happening and then how we feel about it how we feel like it's going to impact the gaming world etc so that's really as simple as this leading is going to be here so let's just jump in on this first one here, Fox. You sent me an article here. Sony yeah. being sued for five billion pounds over five. No, those aren't pounds. Is that lira? No, it's pounds. That is pounds. Okay, it's, a, it's taking place in the UK over PlayStation Store prices. What's going on here? This is five point nine billion dollars. Yeah. By the way, that's a lot of money. Uh, that is a lot that of out. money. That's a lot of money. Uh, so basically, what? So do you remember the? Um, uh, Epic versus Apple deal, the lawsuit where Epic yeah. sued Apple because the, and, and claimed, accused them of um, basically having a monopoly slash uh, a monopoly on their store. Right. Uh, because Epic wasn't able to not charge the, the, the extra money that Apple would take. Right. You know, as a cut. This, this lawsuit is very similar. Um, it's essentially uh, the... Let's see. The lawsuit is being sued with the. Uh, it's being su- filed with the Com- Competition Appeal Tribunal, uh, like I said, in the UK. 
Which is um, interesting because a big part of this that we have to realize is this is not American law. Yes. We're having when, to consider the fact that this is, you know, Sony UK is going to be the one that's probably like most involved in this and whatever like department they have for the UK and UK law or whatever else, whatever lawyers they have over there. This is not as we know it in American. Law, right. So, well, yeah. yeah. When I texted you about this way, way long time, when, whenever this took place this is a, a story that's a month and a half old at this point. Yeah. Um, well, little, whatever. Uh, I texted you. I was like, well, I feel like this is just like this, this already happened. Like, why doesn't, you know, there, there, it feels like there was precedence set with Epic versus Apple. And you pointed out, no, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole other country, like yeah. whole different set of laws. So essentially the lawsuit was filed. Uh, and it states that consumers have been overcharged for digital purpose, per- purchases of games and DLC as Sony is charging a 30% commission. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is uh, from the actual person filing the the uh, 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 lawsuit is a guy named Alex Neal. With this legal action, I am standing up for the millions of UK people who have been unwittingly overcharged. We believe Sony has abused its position and ripped off its customers. The quote here at the bottom that really strikes me is, Sony dominates the digital distribution of PlayStation games and in-game content. Yes. It has deployed an anti-competitive strategy, which has resulted in excessive prices to customers that are out of all proportion to the costs of Sony providing its services. Right. So basically, to boil it down, it's stating that Sony charging a commission on its, I, I believe on it, it's just on its digital, uh, the, the crux of the lawsuit is that, quoting from this IGN article the crux of the right. lawsuit is that the as the primary and dominant seller of digital PlayStation products Sony is in a position to overcharge and that's what it's doing by charging this commission it has uh the ability because it is the dominant seller to say here's what you have to pay and you know there's not really any competition there right right so I'm, yeah right off the bat this is something that's the fact that it's in the UK is going to change things. But sure. immediately my first thought is that sucks and I hate it and they really shouldn't do that, but it's their store and they can do what they want. Like I, I, I hate yeah. that that's the reality of the matter. And again, that, that might be a different law in the UK. It, they might not be able to do what they want. So sure. Sure. What's, what's, what's strange to me is that, from you know i i'm inclined to agree with you on like the well sure i mean i don't even know if it sucks like in my opinion like the the weird thing here is that he's they're specifically calling out the digital distribution right basically saying sony's store the sony playstation store itself this isn't just games playable on the on the playstation right, right. this is games being sold from that digital storefront it's not a game you go to you know, ye, ye old British target and buy. <laughs> Cause that's not, uh, that's, they don't have the monopoly, you know, target gets to set the price. Ultimately there, there's a MSRP. There's going to be an expected, you know, 60 or $70 price, which is probably what they're going to sell. Obviously I'm talking us prices. That's going to be different in the UK. Um, but so this lawsuit is specifically about the digital format it's it's very similar like we said to the epic versus apple epic was specifically suing apple uh it i think it evolved to android as well but they're specifically suing apple because apple 
got to set the price. And I think they mostly, yeah, whatever. Like, it just feels very strange. Like, why don't just go buy the game at Target? Just just go to just go to Brit- British Walmart. Well, I, I can't do a British accent. So, um, <laughs> here's where I'm wondering, it like where, or I'm thinking this might be where the people suing might have a point because. If it's specifically digital content, why is it more expensive there than here? Like, what is it about the digital format that this isn't, there's no shipping involved? There's no, uh, um, what's the, when you ship something, you have to pay money that starts with a C, dang it. Taxes or, or, uh, no, um, I can't remember, but there's like the, 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 yeah, the payment that you do, not just for shipping, but for bringing it into a different country, uh, sometimes localization and things like that. Maybe localization will be in the digital, but for the most part, none of that matters because it's digital. And so what is it that is causing these things to be 10, sometimes $20 more expensive there than here? Well, I mean, do you mean in England or on a digital storefront versus... Uh, oh i see i see what you mean that even though it's digital yeah when we buy a digital game here it's 60 dollars. when they buy a digital game there it can be up to 80 dollars. right and why like if you're telling me like in australia buying hard copies of games is way more expensive because you have to ship it to australia ship it all the way to australia all that all that jazz there's there's taxes there's you know whatever but yeah yeah, i can okay i see what you're saying is that digitally you just press the button and now it's available on the storefront. And so, right. <laughs> I mean, maybe, okay, we do have to say also, we're not experts in like digital taxes and all that. You know, there still could be uh, digital goods that, you know, that are taxed in a different way. Uh, so even though you're selling it, it, I mean, it still feels weird to say like, this is Australian internet. I have to buy it on Australia's <laughs> internet. So therefore, why don't I just get get you know get a VPN and just go just use uh you know the American storefront? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I do completely understand that. It does make sense to me that's like no, the 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 cost here probably is not the same. So it seems like you're charging more because you want to, and not really because there's any actual need. But at the same time, I can't help but go back to these video games are obviously very, they, they, you know, let's just a little last of us, just a big PlayStation exclusive, very popular, very well received. It's really great. It's, you know, artistically relevant. It's going to be remembered for a long time. It's going to be discussed for a long time. Um, but you don't have to play it like this feels right. like a, like I'm, I'm going into, you know, uh, a bar and saying your beer is too expensive here because you get to charge whatever you want like well you don't have to buy our beer like you don't have to do that like there there's nobody nobody's obligated to go to the playstation the digital store and buy a game and it feels weird like you can still have anti-competitive practices there but it feels to me like a strange like i don't know how many people are being damaged like what kind of damages people are facing because they're choosing to purchase a, something of, of entertainment. Right, right. When they, nobody, they are not you know, compelled to do so. 
So that's that's I think where I'm coming down on it is okay. Then don't buy the game there, you know. And that sucks. Again, sure. We no, no, agree. no. I would that love sucks. it. I agree. But at the end of the day, this isn't baby formula. You know, right. like exactly. it's not something required, you know, or, or uh, it, you know, integral to the human experience. It is important. I I think it is a it is an absolute it is an, a very important form of art that I want lots and lots of people to experience. But that's also true for a lot of paintings that I've never seen. <laughs> and I'm OK without, you know, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to die without seeing those, you know. And, and furthermore, on, on this this is only going to damage Sony in the end because if people are continually frustrated that they're having to pay the $20, $10 premium for yeah. their games, or they can subscribe to Game Pass for mm-hmm. $12 a month, that's easily the better option. Unquestionably. Well, sure, if, PlayStation if does one, have a, ver- a version of that now, so they could do that yeah, there it's too. It's coming out soon, but yeah, it's just it's some, one of those things where if you want to be competitive you have to maintain the market price and that's something that they're struggling with. This is a lawsuit where I could understand either direction. Yeah. You know, whatever the ruling is. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense to me. And again, uh, uh, to the other side, I keep arguing with myself here. Here's something that I, that gamers always need to have on, in mind here. Something that whenever we talk about the price of video games, I always want to bring up when video games first released, cartridges were around $40. Yeah. For like the Atari things like that. Basic US inflation would make them $150 today. Yes. But for whatever reason, we have maintained that price where we are less than a third of the inflation that that should have happening. Right. So th- that the inflation cost isn't excluded from the parts to buy to make these video games or these consoles yeah. it's not yeah. excluded from the pay rate that they have to pay their employees to make these things and yet they've still been able to keep the price of the video games in an affordable area for us right which has led to all you know a lot of the monetization practices that people decry right. every day like, exactly well, we, we kind of have to count our blessings here a little bit even though you know i don't know if you can kind of blessing it's whatever <laughs> yeah there, there's a whole lot here where I can understand either either side to a certain extent, but I don't know. Ultimately, just don't buy the game. You yeah. know that that's really you know? where I'll land on this. If you don't like it, don't buy the game. This isn't like you said, baby formula. This isn't toilet paper. This right. isn't you know a, a vital thing that you need. It's except for God of War, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but uh, and then you know God of War Percy Jackson that's coming out after. <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. Freaking pumped. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, now now for one that I think is a little more black and white. Let's get to the well. Hey, whoa! Don't say that. Because <laughs> I actually, you know, there's there's some nuance here that we're gonna get into. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So here's the, here's the, here's this next uh thing that we're gonna talk about. Wizards of the Coast. Uh, you know what? Let me just read the uh the uh uh. Uh, headline headline here uh this is polygon's article on the subject D publisher requests injunction against competitor citing blatantly racist and transphobic content uh wizards of the coast raises the stake in its bat stakes in its battle against a newly resurrected tsr right okay so we're gonna need a lot of context here yeah so because um, there's some some history to go through for full context 
when Gary Gygax and friends, you know, et al., made sure. Dungeons and Dragons at the very beginning, they made it under an organization called TSR. TSR. Now, TSR did their thing. D&D became popular. It grew. But at one point, they sold the rights to Dungeons & Dragons to Wizards of the Coast, i.e. Hasbro. They sold it over to sure. you know this area. Now, TSR continued to exist. Now, there is son of Gary Gygax... Uh, his name is, let me see here, uh, let me, uh, well, it's not in the article. Son of Gary Gygax. Yes. And he is, uh, he and t- the rest of TSR is coming out with a new game called Star Frontiers New Genesis, which is a reboot of the classic Star Frontiers game that they published way back in the 80s. Yes. And Wizards is suing them. Or, or trying to get an injunction against them to be able to make this. Right, from from releasing uh, this Yeah, from concept. releasing Star Frontiers. Now, yes. why would they do that? It just, so, it, doesn't that just feel weird? Like, no, you don't get to release an RPG because we want to release RPGs? Immediately, when, when you hear this or when you see this, you're like, my, my first thought was, oh, come on, Wizards. Like, they're not going to compete with you. You yeah. don't have to put these guys down. You're like, why, why are you doing Calling this? Calling them a competitor is very generous. Yeah. like And so, I like, immediately I was like, why are you doing this at all? And then it said, you know, for uh, racist and transphobic content. And my thought was, it, it I'm guessing what? TSR is putting out the stuff that D&D did five years ago. Right. Or, or at least very of, similar. Yeah, very similar. Where, yes, races have specific attributes. Yes, races can be good or evil. Yes, you know, things that D&D used sure. to do, but now that they don't do it, they're Th- saying... Third oh, and fourth you, edition stuff, yeah. Yeah, if you do that, finger shake or whatever. Th- this is what I thought was happening here. Right, right, right. It is not. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, it kind of is. But a little more... Um, a little more specific we'll go with that a a little (laughs) good grief man so let's go over some of the content of of in tsr's star genesis so number one there is a character race called the negro (laughs) they are literally called the negro yes so because this is these are not our words this is what it's called in the book these, these Negro. Are, we are looking at excerpts included in these the lawsuit. This is yes. official court documents. The, these is, are the quoting from the the actual playbook. Yes, the Negro is a sub race. A sub race, and it is quote tall, thick bodied, dark skinned, even purple dark, brown eyed race with large strength, but average intelligence. And its maximum intelligence is a nine. Where it... on the other hand, <laughs> there is the Ulfar. No, no, the, the Nordic. The Nordic. The yeah, Nordic. The Nordic race. Uh, and the Nordic are quote tall, blonde, blue-eyed race with exceptional attributes and powers, and a minimum stat of thirteen. All attributes anyway, are thirteen attributes. or above. So let's be clear. The white, blonde, blue-eyed race is the standard, 
and they have a minimum stat of 13 across the board. Anything else in the human is what's called a sub-race. They are literally called sub-races of the Nordic race. Right. And sub-races will have different attributes, but the Negro one has a maximum intelligence of nine. Oh, it's so cringeworthy. It's just like, it hurts oh. so much. On top of this, in description of sub-races, uh, it says that um, this could include uh, things that have uh, sub-races, even sub-races. Uh, let me read the whole quote here. It includes people created in a laboratory, such as plant-based people. Other sub-races have appeared normal or naturally. With humans, you can be African, Asian, Mexican, etc. <sighs> so we are clearly the 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 sub-race of the white humanity. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. When when you are uh, when it's encouraging you to describe your character, to flesh out your character, yeah, sure, and things that you can be for your character. One of the ways that it says it asks if you are quote an SJW warrior pushing your value on others. Which let's let me be clear that stands for a social justice warrior warrior pushing your values on others. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's so funny. <laughs> it's an SJW warrior pushing your values on others. Um, again, we, we are not uh, done here yet. Oh no, oh no, there's no, more. No, no, it keeps going. When explaining the looks stat, so it's a stat called looks. It's just called looks? Yes. A character with a looks stat is, of zero is seen as unbearable, unbearably hideous. Sure. So when talking about having a looks stat of zero. Just think here's, Des. Yeah, there it is. Done. <laughs> here are some of the ways that they describe what could be a look stat of zero? Large noses or narrow noses, large lips or thin lips, oval eyes. Like, definitely the racial. Like, first of all, if you're going to say large or narrow, that means that there is a standard. Yes. There is a standard, there's and then there's the larger than or smaller than. Yes. And then there are so many things, like, we're. we're uh, Racists have described other races with exactly these traits. This is right. This is not dog whistling. <laughs> it is not that. This Finally, is the op- this we're is, not done. This yet. is a regular whistle. <laughs> this, this is a regular. This is a human. It's a whistle. normal whistle. <laughs> so, un- gender race options in the book. <sighs> Your options are male or female. No bonuses. And no trans. It specifically says in the book that you cannot be trans. You cannot. How are they going to enforce that? Like, what, are they going to climb, like, like repel into your room and be like, you can't, you can't be trans in our world, man. How like, dare you? There's even people in the, uh, in their, like, uh, comment section when they're talking about these saying, hey, can't we make some kind of trans type race? Maybe trans robots? Trans bots. Trans bots. And number one, that's saying that trans people are basically other than, you know, robots. Are, are, not, or, are, are inhuman. Right, right. But even with that being said, this crowd that supports all this absolute garbage is still kind of asking, still can't still we be trans? Hoping, like, can we still minute. kind of do this? I'm on like, board for most of this, but wait a second. 
They even have a part in their core rules that explain theology <laughs> and different ways that you understand religious organizations. And uh, it, it echoes a lot of conspiracy theories mm. and explicitly calls BLM and Antifa, quote, <laughs> radical things, unquote. <sighs> this is, this is Star Frontier's new genesis, now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Yes. It is ridiculous. It's terrible. It's like we said, it's a whistle. It's not a dog whistle. It's a standard regular whistle whistle that you got from your local arcade because you turned in some tickets. Uh, (laughs) It just makes a loud noise. Um, Now, let's be so now. So now let's go back with all that knowledge in mind. Yes. Let's read this this uh, this headline again. D&D publisher requests injunction against competitors citing blatantly racist and transphobic content. Wizards of the Coast raises the stakes in its legal battle against the newly resurrected TSR. Okay. Now, let's give some more context to this lawsuit because, I mean, we have to put it out there. What Putting that content in their book is not illegal. No. They can release that book. I mean, also... This is the um, playtest stuff, that content that they've sent out. This is right. not like an official thing. Obviously, it's clearly demonstrating the at least the attitude they they want their game to take play. You know, to have maybe they would make it a little more dog whistly in the future, but they wouldn't put this in there if it's not their intention to have right. it be the the nature of the game. So, it's not illegal though for them to release this book. So the position of D and D of Wizards of the Coast is that because of the um, muddy, we'll just say muddied history of TSR, because at one point, Wizards of the Coast did have trademarks on TSR and TSR content, but since then have allowed those trademarks to go uh, un, un... They didn't renew them. They didn't, yeah, exactly. So they've also claimed that even though, yes, we didn't renew them, we have still continued to use some of that content even very recently in uh like Spelljammer that new book that just came out a month or two ago right so that's what they're uh, so all of this to say is what they are claiming in this lawsuit is because of this muddied history and the fact that they uh have still continued to use similar content to what TSR has made in the past that that the release of this book may even though it has nothing to do with Wizards of the Coast reflect poorly on wizards of the coast to somebody who is uninformed and will therefore either you know uh uh uh, just in their image or even in sales be a detriment to them somebody might pick up this book and say oh i play i would i remember tsr from way back then i remember when they sold to wizards of the coast now they're putting out this garbage what are they doing you know that kind of thing essentially because i can't stop here's another quote Races in Star Frontier New Genesis are not unlike races in the real world. <laughs> some are better at certain things than others, and some races are superior than others. <sighs> Man, let's recognize there that they're saying doing things better and also just as a race superior. Absolutely. They, they separate these things. They separate. Some of them will be better at other things. And some are just better. Some, some are, are just, just better. Regardless of thoughts. regardless of skills or talents, better inherently as a race. Like it Who is... publishes <laughs> these thoughts? Um, Who decides, yes, I want this to be on paper so everybody can see that I wrote it? Oh, it's a guy named Justin Lanassa. 
He's one of the co-founders of this. Of it. so, so this current company is called is called colloquially New TSR and UTSR. So that like it's not its official name. It's officially called right. TSR LLC, I believe. But people are calling it that to try to you know get some clarity into who's doing what. So, so the guy is his name is Justin Lanassa. Um. Oh, it's TSR Inc. is the new is the new publisher. Got it. Um. Or is owned by public. Yeah. Okay. So, the we the the other I think part is that Gary Gygax's son, son of Gygax, which is my favorite '60s sci-fi novel, <laughs> um, uh, is also in a in in a way like related to this company. He has right. worked. I don't know if he is currently employed or I think he might even be a co-founder. I don't know if he has anything to do with this you know, these, these, uh, playtest materials or any of that. But I think that's another like thing that Wizards of the Coast is essentially stating. Obviously Gary Gygax and, you know, the Gygax name is inextricably linked to Dungeons and Dragons. And because we have Dungeons and Dragons and uh, again, because of the muddled history here, there's a, there's a real possibility that somebody will read these 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 materials and then it will reflect poorly on us so that's the lawsuit and essentially that's all they have to go on is it it could be possible but they don't actually and that's that's you know i was talking to faith my wife about this who is a law student um and she was talking about like that's i mean that makes sense i guess but i don't know if that like constitutes standing Basically, do they have the authority to be able to to be able to sue for this? And that seems right, a little right. tenuous um, because it could possibly happen, but you could never establish, you know, that you have definitively lost something that you have been damaged by this content. So, so that's the real that's the real like issue here is why that's why Wizards of the Coast is suing them. Um. So I guess, like, is that enough? Do we feel like that's, like, is this the best option? Like, what, what, like, they saw this and said, well, what can we do? We can ignore it. Or sue them, I guess, and try to claim this, even though their lawyers probably know it's tenuous at best. Right, right. Which makes it, which, that's just what makes this whole thing a little strange. Like, you can't just sue somebody for being racist. For just holding racist ideals, if it doesn't oh, specifically number one, damage somebody, yeah, they're not suing them for money or anything like that. This is an injunction. It's an injunction which is to, to stop production. To stop. Yes, just which, stop it. Which would, in theory, um, you know, damage them uh, financially. Right. Right. So it which, is in essence, but yes, there is a distinction there. Here is my honest opinion on the matter. This is wizards being an ally. This yes. is them doing what they can do to stop blatant racism and and like bigotry and they're not trying to like ruin anybody they're not trying to steal money out of somebody's pocket they're trying to get blatantly unquestionably racist yes. and bigoted content from being released into the public for everybody to enjoy question mark use <laughs> or whatever else for like something that people can take and gather and kind of find a community together with like people will have the opportunity to commune with this content and sort of you know 
really read and get into this content with these mindsets in it. And this is them using their legal ability to say, and again, I, I also can see where they're coming from. Yes, this is a lot like Spelljammer. Spelljammer. Yes, a lot of people in the world are just going to lump all tabletop role-playing games under the moniker D&D. Yep. And so I very, very much could see somebody hearing about there's this new space fantasy, you know, D&D game, because people will just call it D&D. Right. That is super-duper racist. Super racist. Yeah, and I could see that reflecting poorly on Wizards of the Coast. It does feel a little bit like the opposite of a slap suit. Right. Where right. I don't know if Wizards of the Coast is filing the suit and saying, yeah, obviously we're going to win. They might be filing the suit and saying, well, we might lose, but we might be able to do some good through through the publicity that this is going to shine. This is going to shine a big light on something that they disagree with and also shine a light on the fact that they are not the same company. Like it's like Wizards of the Coast is suing somebody else for doing this. You know, it's it's going to create a distinction, at least in the minds of people who see this, who didn't know about it before. And so it feels like if you don't know what a slap suit is, a slap suit is, I forget what it stands for, S-L-A-P-P suit. It's essentially a frivolous lawsuit that is not meant to actually um, bring any kind of, uh, to to be won. It's more of a lawsuit that is meant to financially damage whoever it is that they are suing or to strategic lawsuits against public participation there you go it's it's uh, there's a whole episode of last week tonight um about it which is hilarious and also really interesting um and so this feels like the opposite of that where it's a i guess technically it's not you know it's trying to stop public participation literally by not allowing this these materials to go out but instead of trying to uh, stop somebody from speaking out against, you know, a larger company. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a larger company saying, Hey, you guys should, this is terrible. So let's just bring some attention to this. And yeah, we'll pay the, we'll pay the fees to our lawyers for the, you know, that's a, we are willing to pay that cost. Uh, and so I think their, their reasoning for the lawsuit that the standing they're trying to establish is, the best they can come up with that allows this suit to actually take place, even though they know they probably don't have a huge, um, uh, a, 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 a huge per- possibility of winning. Right. I think they're okay gonna, with that. I'm not going to say that wizards is being a hundred percent altruistic here. No, I'm sure there is some genuine fear that this is oh, going to get lumped under there. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, this is something that they, are really trying to stop and put down. And I appreciate that. Sure. It makes sense to me as Um, somebody who's being called a sub race. I appreciate this. (laughs) Well, as the Ulfar, uh, (laughs) I I think you're just being overly sensitive. I'm being an SJW warrior. (laughs) Stop being an SJWW. Um, Go to the ATM machine and stop being an SJWW or W warrior. Uh, no, you know what's also really interesting is that recently, Wizards of the Coast, there were people who pointed out, uh, you know, some very angrily that there was a certain image and a certain, I think it's a specific character in the Spelljammer book that it was interpreted or, or reminiscent of earlier, more racist tropes. 
And Wizard of the Coast was like, hey, yeah, you're right. We're going to scrub this from the digital edition. And in future reprints, we're going to not include this. And which somebody could point out and say, well, aren't you doing the same thing? But Wizards of the Coast is literally using that as evidence that they are attempting to change change their content, mm-hmm. like for the better, at least in the you know from their perspective. Like we are trying to get away from these, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Discriminatory kind of wording and imagery in our in our content. And so yeah, we we screwed up right there, and we also don't want this to do that either. Like right. like it's just exactly. like turning turning it on on the the you know oh look at you you're hypocrites no we're trying to change here's the evidence of that <laughs> well uh tsr has done a gofundme or something to that nature that they're trying to raise raise a fifty thousand dollars for legal fees uh they've been able to raise just over five thousand dollars of that <laughs> just barely eked over the five thousand mark so they're on their way question mark less hey. than a tenth of the way or about a tenth of the way there so um oh, yeah, it's an indiegogo look at that i i think i hope that this works <laughs> and that it is an example set and you know what? Maybe TSR is going to come out and they're going to make something totally different. Maybe it's not going to be Star Frontier's new Genesis. Maybe they're going to try and make something totally unique that can be as racist as they want it to be. Sure. And D&D will be in no place to stop it in any way, shape, or form. That's fine. You know, whatever, man. You do you. I'm just going to say that as allies, do what you can to stop crap like this. Guys. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, again, good on Wizards for, for, for trying to put this to a stop, man, because that is... I, like, I, I have to laugh at the absurdity because who thought this was a good idea? Uh, again, his name is Justin Lanassa. <laughs> there are two of them. Justin Lanassa and Dave... Uh, uh, Dave... Who's the other one? Dang it. Dave There's Pilkey, actually, the author of... Captain Underpants. Weird. You you need to stop that right now, young man, because it's Dave. It's Dave from Wendy's. It's that guy. Yeah, there you go. That Dave. Dave from Wendy's. That is his last name. From Wendy's. From from Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. There's so a, there's a, a dang it. I just had it. Because anyway. the other guy, the Dave guy, is known for his highly racist and bigoted <laughs> social media posts. Oh, good job, good job, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Also, so, after this, at least. I don't know how many uh, local game stores are going to want to stock this book. Hopefully zero. Yeah. Hopefully. Let me know if you get it over there zero. at your store. And uh, and hey, if and you guys then I'll ever never, see this. Then I'll never shop there again. If you guys ever see this in a game store, let the manager know what it is. And if the manager says, I know, never shop there again. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. Good you knowing can, you. Here's all the stuff I was about to buy. I've changed my mind. <laughs> and now I'm leaving. Yeah. Well. Those are some some pretty big lawsuits, and I'm yeah, glad yeah. we've decided what is uh, what is definitely going to happen. And uh, yep, you know, as le- <laughs> as legal experts, as legal experts, especially for the first one, us saying we don't know what's going to happen. Right, that's right. definitely true. That's <laughs> what the judge will say. Also, I yeah. don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. We want to say a big thank you to Granger for the use of our theme song, All My Friends Have Wi-Fi, and so do most of my neighbors. Off of the album, Dear Sam, go check out Granger, yo. Yeah, and uh, hey, uh, any opportunity you have to interact with us, you know, comment or, or like or subscribe or whatever, or share with share with friends, um, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we enjoy doing this. Um, we've been yeah. doing it less often lately just because, yeah. you know, life and such. 
Uh, but we're we're still we're still continuing to whenever something interesting comes up, we'll we'll get on and and talk about it. Hey, if there's ever like a you know topic or something that you think would be interesting for us to to go through, let us know. You know, let us know. So uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks again, guys, and always remember that save games, save lives. Bye. My voice is on.